This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week, you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is our Arsenal preview show looking ahead to the next Arsenal fixture which thankfully comes uh, mercifully after a long international break and I should probably start off this show by first of all saying a massive thank you we completed our 1k international like international like international break like challenge um this couple of weeks uh where we managed to succeed in getting over a thousand likes on every single morning show uh throughout the course of this break which is fantastic thank you so much to everybody that continued to support us during this period uh which i know can always be the most challenging for us arsenal fans because there's no arsenal to watch but the fact that you engage so brilliantly with the channel during that period is is great so thank you so much everybody that tuned in watched and contributed it'd be great if we can keep it going you know keep dropping a like on the videos keep subscribing of course and and continuing to follow us as we head towards Towards that imminent January transfer window. But what is even closer than January is, of course, this weekend's game against Brentford. It's not the first time that we've played Brentford this season. Of course, we've got that win over them in the Carabao Cup, which we put to good use with a disappointing 3-0 defeat in uh, East London earlier in the season as well. But hopefully this uh, a win against them this weekend will be even more impactful for Arsenal's season in the Premier League in a weekend, of course, that contains two massive fixtures at the top of the table with Manchester City, first of all, taking on Liverpool and then Tottenham hosting Unai Emery's Aston Villa with two of the top five teams expected or are guaranteed at least two will be dropping points this weekend. So it is imperative that Arsenal win. As always with our preview shows, I'm always joined by a fantastic cast from our Discord server. Uh, so let's introduce you to them so I can try and get the sentence out effectively uh, now. First of all, Garrett joins us. Garrett, how are you doing, my friend? You good? You well? 
Yeah, not too bad. It's been a little while since I've been on. Um, so yeah, it's good to be back. And yeah, buzzing for football, to be back, to be yeah. honest. It was uh, a long two weeks. Long two weeks. <laughs> it was a long two weeks. It was a long two weeks. But uh, it's over now and Arsenal are back. So that's, that's the, that is the mercy that we've got ourselves. Also joined for the first time in a long time by Dan. How you doing, Dan? You good, Joel? Hey, I'm good, thank you. How you doing? You okay? All good, mate. All good. It's good to have you back on the screen, mate. It's been uh, it's been you. a while. How's it has it been? been a while. Uh, I've been hiding. <laughs> no, I've been uh, working days and nights trying to build my business, but I've got a bit of time now for you, so I'm here. Good stuff. I hope it's going well, mate. I hope it's going well. It is going very well. Thank you. Lovely stuff. And lastly, joining us as well, it's been a little while, but it's good to have Kian back with us as well. Kian, how are you doing? Not too bad. Nothing too bad. Look run. at me no. when you talk to me. Ah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I was back in school there. Is one of those that looks at his screen. He hasn't shown it in a while. So, yes, no, it's fine. I'm only joking. You can look wherever you like uh, and talk to us. As long as you're listening, that's all that matters. How are you, though? You good, Joel? I'm all good. This is why I've not been here for a while. You just shout at me too much. <laughs> you're scaring people away now. He's rolling back to his gear. <laughs> <laughs> indeed indeed uh let's uh let's jump straight into things then garrett obviously a return to premier league action how do you feel that this specific international break has affected arsenal do you think it's been a positive break for us or do you think that it may have interrupted the momentum built up from that win over burnley you know what i think it probably came at a nice time um with like Odegaard potentially Oh, we've lost. I think we've lost the audio, Garrett. For some reason, you've just you've completely gone. I don't know why. It's those. It's the very high tech headset has let you down. <laughs> Dan, why don't you take over while Garrett tries to yeah, sort no it out? Problem. Um, unlike last season when we had the international break for the the World Cup or whatever it was, it hit us at the wrong time. This one, I think, it came at the right time because it's allowed a couple of key players to get their fitness back up, and I think we're gonna enjoy the fact that they've had a nice couple of weeks break to build up their fitness. I think Jesus especially, like obviously I, I didn't want him to play the other night. I thought maybe 45 minutes like coming off the bench, mm. but playing 90 minutes all the way through is pushing him to the limit, especially after his knee injuries. But Odegaard with the concussion, it's nice to see that he's back kicking the ball again. Yeah, indeed. I think you highlighted well. Um, Jay, I was surprised. As I say surprised, obviously there's no Neymar. Vinicius Jr. was injured as well. And they had a really important game against Argentina that they had to try and win. So I suppose that you could see that happen. I mean, if it was Arsenal, they face Man City, would they throw a really important player in for the full game? Probably. Um, that said, I mean, they didn't start Martinelli against Man City and they didn't risk Saka either. So maybe they would. Yeah. Maybe I'm underestimating it. Well, Garrett, the, only how, wait, sorry, sorry, I said, the only other player they got is Richarlison. So. Mm, yeah, but for some <laughs> reason, they like Richarlison at Brazil. They, they, yeah, strange one. He's Garrett, let's do a test, shall we? Shall we see if you're back? Can you hear us? Can you see us? I can hear you guys. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Let's see if it holds out. It was weird. You like started talking and then it just started to like slightly fade away and then in nothing. But let's see if yeah. it holds. I don't know what that was. Sorry about that. I have no idea. So yeah, I'll let you finish because I did ask you the question, of course. So do you agree with Dan that it's it's come at quite a good time for us? Yeah, definitely. I think it was a great time. Um as I said, yeah, injuries kind of before Odegaard being out, Ben White having kind of... Oh, it's done it again. I don't know. This is so strange. Uh, maybe try a different headset or take it out entirely. That might be the way forward, Garrett. But it's really odd. Like, you start talking and then it just goes away. I think it's Kian's but... set up. It's, it's sabotaging. It's definitely Kian's fault. No matter what happens, just blame Kian. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Garrett, you might need to just try a different headset or something. Maybe they're low on battery or something. Maybe that's the reason. I don't know. But uh, strange one. Uh, Kian, let's throw it to you. Of the two players that we've missed who could be back, Erdegaard and Jesus, who is the best in your mind to have back for this period? Um, it's probably, surprisingly, I would normally say Jesus, but I think Erdegaard right now, I just feel like the creativity in the midfield is just lacking. Like, I don't think the control is lacking, but I just feel like that cutting-edge pass that Odegaard always did last season, that's the more lacking thing. And I do understand that J2 is so important for our fluidity, but I don't think Trossard's been bad in the last two games, and I actually want him to start. So mm. I'm not too worried about rushing J2's back. I just feel like Odegaard's the main one that I want back in that team for the creativity. I think that Odegaard has been really missed. Yes, I know we've won games um and you know it's really important to have your, your not only your skipper but someone who i think we can all agree is our most creative player in the team and at least from the midfield for sure so having that back having that extra fluidity i, I suppose the only thing dan about having Odegaard back is that Havertz, who i know has been a polarizing figure in the arsenal team his best performances have probably come playing in his absence in Odegaard's absence do you think that he might suffer actually with Odegaard coming back there is a chance, um, but it does depend on whether Odegaard is now going to take that sort of more submissive role and drop back a bit deeper and allow Havertz to break between the lines and maybe almost let allow him to play as a sort of ghost striker. And then we have mm. Odegaard sort of orchestrating on the outside of the box because it does work when Trossard, who I forgot about, I don't know how, mm. but <laughs> when he's about sort of, to change your lineup, is oh, I am completely Eddie out, Trossard, right? But, um. <laughs> Yeah, when, when you've got Trossard around on the edge of the box, manoeuvring around Jesus, Saka, it allows someone to ghost in. And I think Havertz, he's very underrated in how he ghosts into the box because we don't usually deliver that final ball. So he'll make the run and he has to check the run and then he usually gets it at the last minute. It's at his feet under him. And yeah, he's not really done well at those points. But I reckon if we were to pick him up a bit earlier, especially with some crosses or through balls, he may actually start turning a few heads. But... Again, it's whether we put the ball through. Mm. Yeah, it, it is interesting. Uh, I think Havertz's role in the team is still to be decided in some yeah. ways because he can play in these different positions. But even when he was playing left-back for Germany over the international break, he wasn't really playing left-back. I mean, you look at the, where he scored his goal from against Turkey, it wasn't left-back. You know, He was basically centre-forward when he scored yeah, the goal. He's got that old-school sort of role where he just floats wherever he wants. To be fair, he... Mm. he he links the play up really well because he's very simple. But I, I think it's because he's being simple that no one sees anything extravagant from him. So everyone's yeah. kind of rating him down. Like, but if he did a little flick here and there instead of a little short pass, maybe people would be like, oh, I know, he's turning on the style a little bit. But I guess it's yeah. just his way of settling in and taking his time, not trying to do too much too early. Yeah, I think that's probably it. I think that they, he's being told to do the to do the basics right first and build up from there. And to be fair, there was the the game against Burnley. Um, no, sorry, the game against Sevilla. Uh, I, there was actually some really nice moments from him in that game. Obviously, he had that shot that just went wide, the little flicks, the little there was a little touch behind as well. There's a, uh, and against um, oh, who was with Newcastle United, he had a really good game. Like he was bursting forward at times. He was driving with the ball forwards and. We just need to see more. Like, Kian, it's, it's just with Havertz, it's always like more, isn't it? We just want to see more from him. Where does he stand with you? Have you still Are you still keeping faith or have you lost hope at this stage? 
Ooh, um, I don't think I ever had hope to begin with, so I keep my expectations <laughs> low. That works. <laughs> yeah, that works. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing we're missing, though, is um, what, would, what we provided last season was not a Haaland-type striker. We had all of our front four firing 15 goals each or something around there with Saka, Martelli, Odegaard, even Jesus. He scored quite a few, even though he missed three months. So I think with Odegaard being out in habits, you know that cutback we always do? We do nice build-up play, go on the wing to our wingers, and either overlap or sack off someone, cuts it back, and Odegaard's always there to finish. That was his t- trademark finish all the way throughout last season. And I feel like Havertz hasn't provided any of that, not the heading, not the finishing, like when it's cut back. So I just feel like that's lacking. And if one of our front four is not firing, that's why I feel like our goals are lacking this season. And that's the big thing we miss Odegaard. Because even against United, Odegaard scored that classic goal of his. So I think that's the biggest thing I have the issue with with Havertz right now, that... I don't mind him being simple. I don't mind him. I like the fact that he's getting stuck in the tackles and stuff, but I just feel like that's not what we needed. It's the uh, parts on the higher up the pitch because I feel like Rice is doing literally three people's job at the moment. So I don't I'm feel like we that. need. Yeah, I'm I'm fine. I if we want to have you know thirteen players instead of eleven, that's fine. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's why I think I just miss it for that. Sorry. That's the only reason I miss Odegaard for that. Is this his goals and his late runs? Yeah, yeah. There was uh, this season. Erdogan's been interesting because obviously he's coming for some criticism for a lack of impact in certain games, like the Man City game, the the, the Tottenham game as well. To some extent, the Manchester United game as well. It's, it always seems it's like it's the bigger sides where Erdogan struggles to have a, a greater impact. That said, you know he scored in two North London derbies. He scored away from home in a North London derby in a massive performance there. He scored against Newcastle. He scored against yeah, United. Of he scored against yeah. goals. I think this season, all I put it down to was form. It's just form. So and, and players are allowed a dip, you know, and yeah. players do go through some some rougher patches. Um, I think that Odegaard's return is obviously going to be important. The, the problem that we have is the type of injury he suffered, which was alongside the hip injury, was a, a concussion that Arsenal published. It's an injury that you never know how a player's really going to return from because you don't know the extent of what that did. I mean, it was suffered, you know, I think uh, well before the international break, and yet was still only just coming back after you know, towards the end of it. So it's clearly been someone that's plagued him for a while. Yeah, so just before the Newcastle game is when we found out he'd kind of been pulled out late of that game because um, there were suggestions that he was going to be okay for that game and then all of a sudden he wasn't in the squad. So I think it's a fair assumption that it happened just before then. Um, and that's a long time ago. You know, two Premier League games and international break is just back. So it's kept him out of play for a long time. And so how he returns from that, how he's recovered from that, we, I guess we will find out. Um, tomorrow if indeed he's in the squad and if indeed he figures. Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of talk with Gabriel Jesus coming back, Dan, uh, about whether he should start. But just like you've been shown to be guilty of in this show, a certain someone has been forgotten about, I think, by people. I tweeted out earlier today, is it just me or am I the only one starting Leandro Trossard this weekend? And, you know, uh, do you I think remember. he has been forgotten then by many? Yeah, do you know what? If I'd be really honest, I kind of when I was submitting it to you, I kind of almost went one-track minded and completely forgot the games prior uh, prior to um, the international break. Because <clears throat> Leandro Trossard was one of the ones I was calling for to sign. So to, to know that I forgot him, I'm pretty upset. <laughs> but he, he has worry, I'll been... I'll put him in for you now. Just thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, I, I did. I submitted the right form then. Um, yeah, he, he has been exactly what Jesus does for us in terms of the link up between the the attacking line and the midfield, mm. he kind of bounces in and about everybody. But it's his it's his close control that I think we kind of 
we need is that he gets out of little tight areas where he gets two or three people pressing him. And the, the problem with Erdegaard is if he's not playing, I think, on the right-hand side, close to Saka, he's either in the middle or on the left. When that press happens, he gets isolated too quickly and then he loses the ball. And then that's when we're all on him going, no, he's not having a good game, blah, blah, blah. But uh, when he's got Saka out on the wing or White overlapping, he's got a little bit of a, he's got an outlet. Yeah, In the middle, he doesn't seem to have that. I think if he had a better partner in the middle, and obviously I'm not trying to say Havertz or whoever's in there with him ain't good enough, but he does lack that sort of box-to-box number eight next to him who can absorb the pressure, allow him to drift out and then come back in, you know, like do a little give and go and then he's he's free again because he works so well in the hole, in the space, in the half spaces. When the defensive midfield is occupied by someone else, he then appears and he gets that little touch, takes a shot off and he gets his goal here and there. Mm, absolutely. Uh, it is interesting that when he does start games on the left, he he tends to have a couple of struggles, doesn't he? It's, it takes yeah. him some time to get into those games. But when he starts at centre forward, I think he he does have those benefits. I loved him in the game against PSV, for instance. You know, this season when he started on the left, you know, Jesus was in the middle, Saka was on the right, and we had a great game seeing those three combined. That's the key. Though. That's mm. the key is Jesus. Jesus right. allows him to manipulate whether he's on the left or the right. Whereas when we got Eddie there. Eddie's yeah. such a box player. He, yeah. He's got too much space to work in. And I think that he's running 50 it's yards. He's doubled up on sometimes. Yeah, so kind of pulls the players away from him yeah. to give him more space. He comes and gets in. involved, doesn't he? He comes and wins the ball, knocks it onto him, and then Odegaard's free. And then Azus will make that 50 yard run. He may not always get on the end of it, but he does. He gets into the space and he wants the ball back. Eddie kind of wants mm. it, gives it off. And then he's sort of drifting a little bit until he's brought back into play with a cross or a through ball or something. Indeed. Right. Third time's the charm. Uh, Garrett, let's see if uh, if we fixed it. How are we doing? Yeah, you should be able to hear me, but I think it's going to be not very good quality. It's not as clear and crisp, but we can still hear and understand yeah. what you're saying. So that's all okay. good. Um, the other narrative of this game, of course, is in the goalkeeping position because Ramsdale is, going, is expected to start this game because Raya is ineligible. Uh, it is and has been reported and is understood that Arsenal will activate now that clause in Raya's contract, so that deal will become permanent in the summer. And that's obviously created quite a discussion around the goalkeeper on the Discord, I've seen on, on social media, of course, as well. I it's it's kind of mad. I, I get I get I empathize with the view that the people feel that Ramsdale has been treated harshly. But it's what I find strange about this is I feel that if it was any other player, we almost wouldn't be having this same conversation. Like because Ramsdale's just such a character so liked and appreciated. And despite, as I point out to, to what many people in our comment section don't like me saying, but you know, the, the statistics show that Raya is and is being better on a consistent basis compared to, to Ramsdale. And he's what I feel a goalkeeper that Arteta wants in terms of his philosophy more than Ramsdale is karma. I say karma, I know people would point to the Palmer and the Julian Alvarez incidents, but he sticks to what Arteta wants him to do, whereas Ramsdale maybe is more, I guess, vulnerable to to going back to type, kicking the ball long at times when Arteta would still want him to go short and doesn't have that same confidence when the ball's on the floor. But how? what have you made of the dynamic and what do you make of this opportunity as well for Ramsdale this weekend? Yeah, call me naive, but I suppose at the start, I kind of maybe took what Arteta said a little bit too literally. You know, the whole competition thing, it's like, oh, you know, is he going to really do it? And I thought he maybe would, but I mean, I think it's been unfortunate as well. I suppose the times we've seen Ramsdale, West Ham, a poor performance by everyone. I'm not sure there was really anyone that they that stood out. Um, but the whole dynamic, I think the most surprising thing for me is if what Fabrizio uh, tweeted is to be believed that we've already activated that. That seems 
yeah, pretty interesting to me. I mean, I, I I've seen I can the sentiment online seems to be with some people that you know they he Raya hasn't I think shown enough maybe already to warrant you know the buy option. But yeah, yes, look, I think as you said, and this is kind of more of what Arteta wants. Um, I mean, I like Ramsdale one hundred percent, and I hope he's a great game tomorrow. But yeah, it's it's an interesting dynamic, and I think he's fighting losing battle to to be brutally honest. Mm. Do you feel, Kian, that he's been fighting a losing battle almost since the moment Rare came in? Do you ever feel like there was a fair chance? Did you ever feel like it was a case of these two will compete and the better man will win? Or do you think it was already predetermined that Rhea would win this contest? I feel like looking with hindsight, I can say, no, there was no competition. But like Gareth said, I did fall for it myself thinking, oh, mm. Do we have? I just fell for the trap that we have Champions League football cup competitions and the league we're going for. So I thought, yeah, there will be rotations. But the fact that he didn't start him in either the Champions League, the cups, and like it just made me realize, yeah, we did start him in the League Cup, didn't he? But yeah, just not the Champions Champions League was the kicker for me. Like, I really wanted to see Ramsdale start those games, but he didn't. And those Champions League games wasn't like we did rotate elsewhere, so I didn't see Mm. why not the keeper. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. But then, yeah, so I think the fact that Rhea was going to be his initial signing before Ramsdale and the fact that he went with Ramsdale, now we can see why he changed because he wasn't Ramsdale wasn't being persistent with what Arteta wanted. And I feel like Arteta is very stubborn, so he's going to get his way. And I feel like Raya is the number one. <laughs> Just a little bit stubborn, yeah. I'm not mad about it, though. I think Raya... Yeah. I think I feel more comfortable with him collecting crosses, his commanding his box. I know he had his scare moments, but so did Ramsdale when he first started playing out of the back. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we need to give Raya the time to adjust as well. And the fact that I do like his passing a little better and I feel more comfortable with him and I feel like over time, Raya is going to be better. Maybe not a lot, but those slight marginal differences is what we need right now to win the title. There is no better player than the player that's not playing uh, is what I find, <laughs> you know, is that we all very quickly forget, you know, I think about the Ozil thing, you know, when Ozil wasn't playing, the calls for Ozil to play were so loud and when, when he played... Nothing really changed. Uh, I think the same went for a number of other players. But Leonard did nothing wrong for us either. He had just no. had like a good start to the season. Like the losses we had wasn't his fault. He got injury, and then he never got a look back in and never saw yeah. the sympathy for Leno. And he never showed any. He showed the most professionalism he could, and respectfully left at the end of the season. Mm. And to be fair, like there were comments i did an article about this a couple of weeks ago leno did an, an interview with sport build only 18 days after ramsdale got the place in which he said that he hadn't been told like there was no reason as to why he'd lost his place it basically hadn't been and obviously we heard from nick ramsdale on the hybrid squad he, he alluded to the fact that ramsdale's not been told why he's been dropped and it seems that that is just the re- that is just the protocol that if you're dropped, you're, it's not explained to you. Now, we may sit here and say that's not right, but then I listened to Kev Campbell talk about it when he lost his place to Ian Wright, and Nick asked Kevin if he, you know, if there was a, if he was told why he'd been dropped, and Kev went, no, I wasn't told. So maybe we have to accept that this is just the done thing, that you aren't told and you're just expected as a professional to accept that decision and then fight for that place. And when you get an opportunity like Ramsdale is going to get tomorrow, that you take it and show why 
it was wrong for you to but be But that's dropped. how it normally always works, doesn't it? Like the team sheet comes out and the players don't know if they're going to be on it or not. And that's yeah. why they make they try hard in training and that's what keeps competition up. So I thought that's always been the case. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's go to lineups. Uh, there's going to be no surprises in the goalkeeper department. I can tell you that for, for certain. Um, Garrett, we start with you. Run us through your selection, mate. Yeah, so obviously I've gone with Ramsdale and um, I have on Tommy Asu right back, Saliba right centre back, Gabriel left centre back, and then Zinchenko. And then midfield, I've gone for Rice, Havertz, Odegaard. And then full three will be Martinelli, Jesus, and Saka. So talk us through why you've gone with your selection. Yeah, so the whole Ben White thing, I, I mean, it could just be me, but I don't know if we necessarily know exactly what's wrong. It depends wrong. how he was in training today. That's that's what yeah. Arteta said. So it depends on today's session, if they risk him. Yeah, so based off that, I kind of... I actually don't particularly think Tom Esu is the best of right back. I actually think he is better at left back. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, if no one's there, he, he's the man to fill in, you know. So I've got Tom Esu there and Zinchenko on the other side. And... I suppose, yeah, we don't really have much of a choice if we play Tommy right back. And I do think uh, Brentford are pretty resolute defence. I think we will need that extra man midfield to kind of, you know, make those final passes, just pull, you know, pull some spaces open. And so I think it's a, it's a risk, don't get me wrong, because I think Brentford have hit a lot of teams on the counter recently. Mm. Um, but I think we'll probably need it to break them down because um, they are very strong defensively, as I said. Then the midfields, um, I really want to see Odegaard back, to be honest. I think you'd hope after two weeks, you know, of him not going with Norway, that's enough to have him back in the team and start him. Um, Havertz, I think, I mean, what other options do we have really at the minute? I suppose Vieira is suspended. Um, I could see an argument for Smith Rowe, sure, but I think he will go with Havertz, to be honest. He seems to persist with it. And look, I mean, you can talk for days about Havertz, really, but um, I think it's, yeah, he's going to play him. So I've just put him there. <laughs> And Martin and then, star man. Yeah, so I can kind of explain why Dan kind of talked about it earlier, but it's because Jesus. With Jesus back in there, um, pulling all those spaces open, just creating a lot of space for Martinelli, I think that's what he thrives off, to be, on, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I think Martinelli will be the man tomorrow. Um, I think he will score a goal, definitely. Um, fingers crossed, anyway. Um, and, yeah, I think Jesus just back in his team, just links everything up. I, I do think it's harsh, obviously, dropping Trossard. Don't get me wrong. Uh, that did cross my mind. But I think Jesus is just a bit more influential in the centre than Trossard is. So that's what I've gone with that. And then, yeah, obviously, Saka speaks for itself. Fair enough. Uh, Dan agrees with you with your star man. But there is some other tweaks to other parts of the field. So talk us through it, mate. Through the magic of editing. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, I've gone with the same goalkeeper, obviously, due to default. Uh, except for I've got White in there instead of Tommy. And I think if there is a 90% chance that White is ready, he's going to play ahead of Tommy because of the fact he's uh, he's linked up with Saka and what he does down that right-hand side. I think Tommy offers us a better variation on the left. So if he uh, allows us to bring Zinni off towards the end of the game and put him in, I think that it helps Zinchenko with a backup. Um, apart from Rice, Havertz, Odegaard, I think everyone's on the same understanding that Havertz is going to get the nod. Uh, he's uh, Arteta's man until he starts um, banging in and then he's going to get the captain's armband, I believe. Uh, Martinelli, Saka, and then the guy I didn't forget, Mr. Trossard. Yeah, he, I think that front three 
has to start. I think even though Jesus started the other day for Brazil, I think we have to throw caution to the wind and make sure we don't throw him straight back in because he will be targeted. He will get he will get lumped. Uh, I think bringing him on towards the end and sort of slowly bringing him back into the fold, especially we, I think we've got a nice couple of games now and then we've got a big one in a few weeks. So it's better to build him up for those ones and then get him rolling that way than uh, throw him straight into the deep end. Hmm. It's interesting, this O'Malley comment here, Zimbuemo against Zinni, I, I hope to not see, but there's not too much. I mean, if White is injured, I suppose you could have gone with Tomiyasu at left back. Is there a reason why you didn't? With White in the team. Because I believe that Zinni is going to kind of move forward and it'll be Gabriel versus Mbwemo. Okay. I don't, I don't necessarily think it'll be Zinni versus... Maybe the odd moment he will be, he'll double up with him, but I think Gabby's going to be the one taking him on. And no? White, as I said, will double up, oh, sorry, treble up as the third centre-back when they do the, that shuffle across and let Zinni go forward. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's a fair reply. Uh, Kian, talk us through <laughs> yours, mate. So I was going to put Carl Hein in goal as a joke, but I think the chat would have absolutely killed me. So, Rara, I'm still in goal. Serious show this morning. Yeah, Ramsdale in goal. Hopefully, he can, you know, I don't have anything against Ramsdale. I'm actually rooting for him. If he plays, mm. I want him to do better and I want him to fight for his place. I feel like that would be the best thing to do for him because if he does fight for him and gets back in, it's better for him for the Euros. So, hopefully, he does have a good performance. And then, same back four with me. Um, Zinchenko thing I find kind of weird that we forgot how important he was last season to us like I know Tomiyasu impressed us when he comes in for the specialty games like against Mo Salah against Liverpool but I feel like Zinni's so important to how we build up how he goes in finds space gives Martinelli the one-on-ones I just feel like it's kind of forgotten now and I don't think he's that bad defensively I know he has his moments but even this season Doku came against him did nothing last game he did really well I don't feel like he's that bad defensively he's improving so I thought he's him. had two good games defensively against Newcastle and Burnley. I thought he's been good defensively, Zinchenko. Yeah, I've not had any issues with him, so I'm going to stick with him. Uh, White, I just feel like he's built like a truck, and I feel like he's going to start. I don't think he's not going to. He's not going to miss a game. He's already missed one for like the next three years now. He's sorted, so he's going to start. And then Saliba and Gabriel, obviously, and then Jorginho, Rice, and Habits. I did because. I don't know if Odegaard's going to start. I don't know if he's ready. Maybe Arteta will ease him in. So I thought he'll stick with the same midfield. He trusts Jorginho in the base because he wants the rice in the eight to cover more the pressing in the front. And yeah, Havertz is just going to play the Odegaard role and I think he's just going to get subbed off in the 60th minute. I expect Havertz to have a quiet game, honestly. So I feel like Odegaard will have a say in the game. And then my front three, unlike some people, I did remember Trossard. So <laughs> <laughs> Trossard does start for me. And I feel like it would be so unjust for him to get dropped just because Jesus is back. And I feel like there's no need to rush Jesus back for how good of a form Trossard is in. And I don't know how people forgot that one. Did you see the skill he did for Belgium on the international oh, break? Oh, yeah, it was gorgeous. That was, wasn't it? Yeah, that, that was making really rounds. Gorgeous. Yeah. So I was like, there's no way he can do that and then get dropped. That would be <laughs> Just that, yeah. <laughs> so I was, yeah so if, uh, you know, if Marquinhos does it for non, we're going to recall yeah. it now. He really does a good bit of skill. Yeah, no, I loved it. Yeah, it was fantastic. If you haven't seen that skill, what and, have I missed? We'll talk about, please, please oh, go. Please have you missed it? Did you not see it, Dad? I haven't seen it. Oh, it is. So good. just put Trossard Belgium skill. It will come out. He like 
I don't know how he does it. He manages to kind of manipulate the ball to move. He flicks the ball and also touches it in midair to bring it yeah, back down. Yeah, he flicks it up with yeah. his right foot and then pushes it forward with his shin over a player that's sliding in on him and then nutmegs oh. the next player that's coming, I think, forward as well. <laughs> it's so good. It's, like, it's basic, basic it's just... stuff for Trossard, man. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Yeah, no, the best bit is Doku's the one who lost the ball trying to do a skill. Two seconds <laughs> indeed, oh, wow. indeed. Um, in terms of my 11 uh, on the day, Ramsdale in goal. Uh, Tommy Asu at right back just because the white we don't know yeah if, if white is fully fit then sure I'd happily bring white back into the team um, Sleeper Gabriel Zinchenko Rice Erdogan and Havertz I've actually swapped Erdogan and Havertz round because I'm keeping Havertz in that right attacking midfield slot and then giving Erdogan the chance to see what he can do on the left and see if this is a formation that, that can work I know Erdogan has flourished there but there's nothing that tells me that he couldn't work on that other side you know it's two left-footed players swapping over so it's not necessarily changing all that much but I would be intrigued to see if this you know using Havertz in the right attacking midfield slot I think is his best position um, and so if we can maximize him and then experiment and see if we can get still the maximum for Erdogan on the left it could be a solution potentially to, to Havertz's problems we'll have to wait and see uh, I agree with with Trossard I did tweet it yesterday so it'd be wrong of me not to, to then start him in this team but if Jesus does end up starting which I have a weird feeling that he might um Again, it's, we're we're blessed to have him back and, and fully fit. He did play ninety minutes, of course, plus ninety minutes plus against uh, Argentina. So he is indeed available and has trained uh, this week as well. Of course, even though he trained inside yesterday, he should have been out on the grass today. Um, so that will hopefully be really positive to see him back in the group and having Erdogan and Jesus back for this period where we've got after this game. Yes, we've got a, a trip. We've got against Wolves, and then of course Luton. But then it's it's Aston Villa and Brighton and Liverpool. So having those three back is great. Who knows what's going to happen with Smithrow and Partey? We're told they're a few weeks away. Still, what that means is anyone's guess. We're always told it's a few weeks, and it, it continues to be a few weeks despite a few weeks passing. So yeah, let's let's wait and see. We finish the show as always with uh, predictions. So we're going to get your thoughts in the chat box as well. But before we do that, Garrett, we'll go to you first. Scoreline and scorers, please. Yeah, okay, so I'm going to go for a 2-1. I think it will be tight. Um, I'm going to go for a Marnelli and a Saka goal. Um, yeah, so that's my prediction on you. Dan? 2-0. Um, I think we've done quite well away the lot at their ground the last few times. Mm. I can't see us changing, but 2-0... I think Saka to get an opener and Havertz to score an overhead kick from the halfway line with his right foot. (laughs) (laughs) Just constantly just making it that little bit harder. I'm trying to think. Brentford, I'm looking back over the fixtures. They beat West. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at their home record this season. I think it's quite good. They beat West Ham 3-2. They beat Burnley. They obviously lost to us in the Cup. They beat, oh, they lost to Everton 3-1 at home <laughs> recently in September. Uh, drew with, with Bournemouth. They drew with Crystal Palace. They've drawn with Spurs on the opening day as well. So they don't tend to lose at home. Um, it's not like a regularity that it happens, but uh, it's it's something that we have done. And we They went quite strong in that League Cup game against us. And yeah. we obviously rotated quite heavily for that fixture and, and came out with a resolute one when we had to defend a lot in the second half. But... You know, we could have arguably done better. And Ketty had a great chance, I remember, that was saved. Uh, I think Smith Rowe had a great chance as well when he ran into the box yeah. and hit wide or was saved, I think, as well. So, yeah, 
you know, we, we should be winning this game. And obviously with the other games, as I've mentioned, going on this weekend, we absolutely have to. Kian? Um, I think it's going to be like a ner- nervy 1-0 to like 70, 80th minute because I think Brentford are really good at home. And I've, that's why, you know, Tom did shout at me early and then forgot my star man that I didn't get to mention. So I'll just say Sorry, Saliba. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. But yeah, Saliba is my star man because I think the counter attack is going to be so bad like to deal with. But I think our defence can handle it because we're better away from home. And just Saliba and Gabriel are in unbelievable form. So I feel like it's just going to be 1-0 and then late last goal. Yeah, no, I, I hope that we're winning as comfortably as, as as like Dan suggests, but I think it could be somewhere between the two of you. Um, it's either going to be a relatively comfortable one if we can get an early goal, but the longer it stays nil-nil, it certainly does seem to favour the home side. So let's see how it plays out. Chatbox, let's see what you're saying. Um, Temi's going for a 3-0 win with a Jesus hat-trick. Rance is going for a 2-0 Havertz and Trossard. Uh, James is 4-0. A uh, nice kick about with the boys. <laughs> you understand that comment. You should do. Uh, Igbo says 2-0 in favour of Arsenal. Havertz with a screamer and Trossard to get on the score sheet as well. Bradley says 2-0 with a Trossard brace. Matt G says 2-0 Havertz and Martinelli. Uh, Yassine says, I love this, very humble. Uh, is Yassin, who calls himself Yassin the Awesome. Uh, says 3-1 Saka hat-trick. Uh, John says 2-0 to us. Our defence is so much better lately and I can keep a clean sheet here. Uh, Martinelli and Saka with the goals. Granddaddy Gunapool says 2-0. Arsenal with Havertz and Trossard to score. Uh, NSW going for a 1-1. Maybe he's trying to like, you know, reverse psychology this uh, and hoping it's just putting the negative energy out there. and hope forgot the zero and the semicolons in the wrong place. He's saying 11-0. Oh, it's 11 nil. Yeah, I think maybe that's the way it works. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nab says 3 1 to the Arsenal. I hope that is as well. Um, but mostly positive thoughts, which is great. I'm going to go with a 2 0 win as well. I didn't start White, so I can't say a Ben White screen. He could come off the bench, I suppose, and, and score one. Uh, so we can probably stick with that just to solidify the, the lead. So, yes, we'll go. The first goal is going to go to Kai Havertz, of course, just willing that into existence continuously. Or maybe Aaron Ramsdale. You know, that would really stick it to our town. <laughs> Ramsdale gets on the score sheet. Um, but uh, Havertz to get the first goal and then Ben White to come on and secure it with a a screamer from from 35 years. Is this a trend you started, Tom? Why is everyone predicted Havertz to score? Like, is this something I'm missing? You want him to do well. Uh, (laughs) Are you you familiar with the concept of manifestation? That's that is what we're doing. We're just like. Okay, I'm on board then. Have it screamer. It is. <laughs> we are right. just manifesting this completely is until it happens. And it nearly did. You know, the, you had that great strike uh, against Sevilla that nearly, nearly nestled in the top left-hand corner. So uh, maybe we're getting close. You did the Ben White last season, so... Mm. It's not happened yet. He had that. Who is it? He had the shot against. Was it a home where it just kind of cannoned off the keeper's hands? Was it? Was it the Burnley game? Um, he had that strike that was kind of parried out. Um, I remember it vividly. But uh, yeah, very close to to a Ben White screamer recently. Um, he did score against Bournemouth with that header from Odegaard's free kick. But uh, we need a screamer for it to be ticked off. Um, that's that's the way forward. Tommy Ash has got his goal now, of course, now. So we don't need to predict him. Uh, but thank you, everyone, for listening in the chat box. Really appreciate your time. If you're listening on Catch Up on Audio Platforms, thank you to you as well. Please leave your comments and thoughts on anything that we've discussed today, your predictions, of course. And please leave some love as well for our fantastic panel. Garrett, thank you so much for your time, mate. Tell people where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me in the Discord as always. Uh, and yeah, as I always say, yeah, join up. Yeah, it's great in there. And uh, keep liking the videos. Try uh, try keep pushing that for you, Tom. Indeed. Thanks, mate. Uh, Dan, pleasure to have you back on, mate. Thank you. Tell people they can find you. Thanks for having me. Uh, you can find me in the Discord floating around here and there or on Twitter under Black and White Cannon. 
I do sometimes post some bits on there and I'm definitely in there trolling Spurs fans at the moment. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> They're putting up stuff like in January, we reclaim the throne. What throne? Mm, mm. They haven't claimed anything in a long, long time. <laughs> Other than potential points deductions, uh, maybe. Oh. Let's let's keep those fingers crossed that happens because that would be hilarious if oh, it, if it please. does. Uh, and lastly, uh, Kian, thank you so much for jumping on as well. And uh, tell people where they can find you, mate. I'll be in the Discord to you more active now, less work at the moment. So hopefully, you can get back on that. Lovely stuff. Uh, a massive thank you to Garrett, Dan, and Kian for coming on today. Uh, they've been fantastic. So please let them know that they have been in the comment section in the chat box. You can find me uh, at the morning, uh, in the mornings uh, at, of course, 8 a.m. I'll be back tomorrow ahead of the game against Brentford. I'll be heading off around midday to get to the GTEC Community Stadium. I, I tell you what, I did enjoy it when I went there earlier this campaign. It is an impressive, uh, one of the smaller, more impressive grounds. Obviously, it's quite new. Um, but it's still on the smaller side for a stadium in the Premier League. But it's, it is a nice ground um, to go and visit. So if you are going tomorrow, um, you will, I'm sure, have a great time if Arsenal can bring home the bacon. Uh, let's hope that they can. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, drop a like, subscribe, all that lovely stuff. We will see you again very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.